It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's do have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks in Dissecting Issues, the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree, we've got to be having conversations. Be sure and check out my website. It is gorgeous. We did a new one and just love it. And sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well and offering you a conservatarian perspective. Uh, very excited about the uh, uh, Water's Edge Winery event Monday, March 25th. I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranowitter, Bethany, and his team, plus Jen Hewlin over at uh, Water's Edge Winery in Centennial to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. Uh, Dr. Cranowitter is creating a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers. We're meeting the fourth Monday of each month throughout 2019. The good news is the Vino and Veritas at Water's Edge Winery is sold out. But excited to let you know that we are starting another one in Castle Rock. So if you'd like to get onto the wait list, email me at kim at americhicks.com, or I guess not the wait list, to sign up for the one in Castle Rock, uh, kim at americhicks.com, and we'll get you going on that. Uh, and definitely appreciate our presenting sponsors for Vino and Veritas. Uh, January was Harmony Ridge Construction, building homes and usually, usually making friends in the process. February's presenting sponsor was Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And spring is right around the corner. Soon, and Susan will probably open sometime late March. And March's presenting sponsor for Vino and Veritas is Heidi Ganahl and her Free to Be Coalition, promoting free speech and diversity of thought. Now, isn't that a great idea? So if you'd like to be a presenting sponsor, just email me at kim at americhicks.com. So a little levity for the morning, Steve. Are you ready? Why, with all the shortages in Venezuela, do they always send their reports on two-ply toilet paper? Because they always have to send a report to Caracas, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I'm sorry. The drummer didn't make it in yet this morning. I think the weather's got him down. the weather's got him, that's for sure. So, And our little inspirational quote today is Henry Ford. You know, you can go to Henry Ford quotes, and you can learn a lot about the American idea. But what he says is, what's right about America is that although we have a mess of problems, we have great capacity, intellect, and resources to do something about them. So that's your little inspiration for today. So lots of news. Uh, very excited for segments uh, two, three, and four. We'll be talking with Laura Carno regarding this red flag bill that is uh, coming down the pike here at the Colorado legislature. And Steve, I'm really concerned about it because, you know, in a dangerous world, everyday people have the right to protect themselves. That's something that is in the Constitution. And the Constitution also guarantees individuals due process. And what we're seeing with this red flag bill, it's HB 191177, so it's coming from the House, HB House. If it comes from the Senate, it would be SB. This is HB 191177. Go read it. 
but Laura Carnell will share her thoughts on that. And it is, uh, it's very serious uh, regarding everyday people's individual rights to protect themselves and due process. So we'll be talking with Laura Carnell about that in segments two, three, and four. Uh, big news just hot off the press. Governor Hickenlooper, uh, Governor, former gov- Governor Hickenlooper, officially says that he's jumping into the presidential race with just about everybody else on the Democrat Party. What do you think about it, Steve? Well, I feel a little silly because, and you think by now, the time we get up every day, we'd be used to it. And I walk in here and thinking, well, news things seem to be a little bit flat. And right under my nose is this Hickenlooper <laughs> jumps into the presidential race. Uh, oh, my gosh. Well, my first thought is, in beside of just watching a couple of the, you know, the video bites that are out there, is um, financing in terms of uh, you know, financing a political run. Uh, I guess he's more well-connected than I realized. You know, he actually really is. He's uh, very good friends with uh, Elon Musk, and in particular his brother. I can't remember his first name right now. But his brother has a restaurant right here in Colorado, and in fact, John Hickenlooper officiated at Elon Musk's brother's wedding. And, you know, you, you take a look at how much Elon Musk has made from just government subsidies. Uh, I know it's a lot more than this, but there was a LA Times article back in 2015 where Elon Musk had received $4.9 billion in government subsidies. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that very possibly John Hickenlooper is going to be you know, well-financed and basically on our dime, if you really think about it. And, uh, and another... Oh, Steve, another thing. I just thought about this. You know, Governor Hickenlooper issued that executive order regarding uh, low-emission vehicles right before he left office. And then Governor Polis issued the executive order regarding ZEVs, zero-emission vehicles. And what this is doing is it's saying that Colorado auto dealers have to hit, well, it ties us to the California emission standards. Again, Elon Musk, California. Let's let's connect these dots. But in addition, uh, what it's saying is that uh, basically Coloradoans, if they don't buy cars that they don't want, then the dealers will be penalized. They have to buy credits to offset this rule that says that they have to hit a certain number of cars in their fleet that are ZEV or LEV. If they don't hit that, they have to buy uh, offsetting credits. And Steve, as we've talked many times, there's only one company where you can buy that, and that is Tesla. So if you really take a look at it, Governor Hickenlooper put in an executive order that that feeds money to Tesla, and he happens to be just good friends with Elon Musk, who owns Tesla, and now Hickenlooper is going to be running for president. Again, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out where he's going to get his money. What do you think? Thank you for connecting the dots, and the bottom line is possibly these strange bedfellows are not here you know, they might be strange bedfellows but they're not strangers <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> well said well said another thing uh, washington post very quickly they issued a a note an editor's note in relation to the lincoln memorial incident and you all remember that that is where uh, the covington kids uh, covington school kids from kentucky we're at the March for Life, and a Native American, uh, what was his name, something Phillips, uh, actually 
you know, went right up to the kids. Was be- Nathan Phillips? He was Nathan. Uh, going right up to the kids. Yeah, beating a drum in their face. And initially, you know, the, the storyline out there was that these kids were disrespectful to this Native American. And the Washington Post, Senator Kamala Harris, Booker, all these guys, you know, immediately ran to uh, to to go after these kids. In fact, the school even went after the kids. But uh, January 22nd was uh, a January 22nd correction to the original story reads earlier versions of the story incorrectly said that Native American activist Nathan Phillips fought in the Vietnam War. Phillips um, said he served in the U.S. Marines but was never deployed to Vietnam. And so anyway, this was March 1st that they just had kind of a little I really think it's one of those that I'm sorry if I said something wrong instead of a real uh, a real comment on what happened in the Lincoln Memorial and, and that they were wrong. I do not think that it was, um, you know, it was a really a lame editorial comment, but at least they made it, Steve, which I think is a good sign. I'm still convinced the whole thing. If those kids wouldn't have been wearing those red hats, it would have never happened. I think that's true. I think that's true, uh, which... Now, let's let's move on to this. Speaking of red hats, then I find the timeline so interesting on this Jesse Smollett thing. And I've thought a lot about it this weekend. So it was on January 29th that that Jesse Smollett said that he was attacked and that uh, there was stuff that was thrown on him, that he was stalked, tied up, beaten, had a noose put on his head and had bleach poured on him. And so immediately you had Kamala Harris, Cory Booker that came out and, uh, you know, said that this was just awful. I think all of us looked at it and said it was awful. But he also accused people, said that they were were saying thing, make make America great again, that uh, it, certainly they were Trump supporters. Well, as this thing has started to unravel, I started to think about the timeline, Steve, which is really concerning. So January 29th, the attack happens. Valentine's Day February 14th, Cory Booker and uh, Kamala Harris and Rick Scott push a a vote to make lynching a federal crime, which I think it passed unanimously. I mean, who's going to vote against that? Although this is the thing that concerns me is that, I mean, it's a federal crime to kill somebody, right? I mean, it's against the law to kill somebody. So this is, these are things... um, that really don't need to be, I think, put in law because it's already wrong to do that. So anyway, they push this legislation, which I find so interesting, uh, on on um, Valentine's Day. And then right after that, things start to unravel. And it just happens that the uh, Cook County, and that's Chicago, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox re- then recuses herself from the case and turns out that she and Kamala Harris are very good friends. And I find this all so interesting that, and, and Smollett and Harris know each other as well. And Dave, um, uh, or Bob Duco here on Crawford Broadcasting had made the point that if in fact this had not unraveled, we could have seen blood in the streets here in America. And uh, I, I, this is really bad stuff that, that has happened here. I think that they staged this, they brought out this legislation, and they were just gonna, going to continue to try to keep this narrative out there to divide us and to, uh, to really, I think, almost get us to really start to fight in the streets. And I'm concerned about it, Steve. 
how many people are praying for the protection of the country and the president? And you got to think that, you know, was it divine intervention that kept this thing from going down? You know, if there was some type of a prearranged deal in the background, you got to you got to think it through. You really do have to think it through. And that's why we all need we need to get back to good, good journalism where people are checking things out, where news sources are checking things out before they start to run with the story. And many of the major media outlets ran with this story because they liked the narrative, not because they were searching for the truth, but because they liked the narrative. Which makes them and, complicit. Uh, it makes them complicit. Uh, that is not, you know, uh, freedom of the press means that the, the press actually is searching for truth and that they are telling the true story. And certainly, you know, in my case, I search for truth as well, and then I'm doing commentary on it. But I'm honest about that. You know that I'm doing research, doing my best to try to, to make sure that we know what the story is and give an opinion on it. But when, when a news source that's supposed to be reporting the news is reporting opinion and they're not telling you that that's what they're doing, that is against freedom of the press and it's very disingenuous. And uh, so we need to make sure that we, you know, that we continue to search for truth and our news sources do as well. Uh, one other quick thing. Now, I'm very excited. Laura Carnell is going to be with us talking about this uh, House Bill 191177, the red flag bill. But one other thing somebody sent to me this weekend was that the Dems are going to be coming out with some legislation that essentially is going to shut down oil and gas right here in Colorado. Senator John Cook on a Facebook post says, don't believe the rhetoric from the press conference um, the other day by the Democrats about the oil and gas bill that will be coming out soon. I tried to find it. I, it's I, As of yesterday, I could not find the actual text of the bill. But he says the bill will be an attack on the economy that is keeping our houses warm and our lights on. And so it looks like what they're going to be doing is 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 accomplishing what they wanted to try to do uh, with one, uh, 112, and that is shut down oil and gas development right here in Colorado. And uh, I just don't understand why there is such an agenda to do that, but, uh, but there is. And so um, we're going to need to be watching that. There's a lot of bad stuff coming out of the State House right now. So uh, let's see. Lots and lots of other things that we'll be talking about throughout the week, lots of news. Very excited to talk with Laura Carnell here in segments two, three, and four about this red flag bill uh, coming down the pike. But before we do that, I love sports, individuals working hard to be the very best they can be to compete, to win, or to lose. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters, uh, the Nuggets, the Avs, baseball sp uh, spring trainings here. And March Madness, I love it as a KU basketball fan. Uh, just love March Madness, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. So Hooters is the place for your uh, uh, sports headquarters. They have great specials, $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? You can have them delivered right to your doorstep. When the girls come over on Wednesday nights, I get those new smoked wings. They're delicious and only half the calories, and the girls love them. So order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's Hooters. Colorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. 
Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We are dissecting the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's just have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I'm the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Greatly appreciated if you would like me and follow me. And I offer a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with me, uh, author, speaker, all-around amazing woman, Laura Carno. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm doing great. How are you, Kim? I'm doing great as well. And uh, you're the author of a really great book, Government Ruins Nearly Everything. And uh, recently you were just named as a visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. Uh, So you're a little busy these days, Laura. Yeah, um, it, in my world, I feel like I wear lots of different hats, and um, sometimes I change the hat from hour to hour. So <laughs> minute by minute. Sometimes I have to go, wait, what am I doing in this hour? So, but, um, you know, it's, a, it's an honor to, uh, to be in a position where people say, hey, could you come speak about freedom? And I say yes. So I'm, um, I'm honored that people are interested in what I have to say. Well, and tell us just a little bit about your book, Government Ruins Nearly Everything. Sure. And, um, you know, came out a couple of years ago and um, I started writing the book because I, I thought people on my side of the aisle and I, um, I'm a conservatarian like you. I love that uh, that uh, moniker because it, it says a little bit more than, you know, party affiliation. Um, but I started writing the book because I thought, you know, I, I think that um, people on my side of the aisle could speak better about social issues. But as I started writing the book, um, it occurred to me that, that people on the other side of the aisle, um, they're not talking about choice and freedom in, in, the, in a consistent way. And so if I can throw out just a couple of brief examples, um, on the, the right side of the aisle, so to speak, um, when, we, when we talk about right versus left, on the right side of the aisle, people say, hey, government should um, stay out of topics like schools and guns, but but government should make decisions on um, abortion and marriage. And then on the other side of the aisle, they say, no, 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 you're wrong. Um, government should stay out of abortion and marriage, and 
um, government should control things, decisions related to schools and guns. And so I took a, a step back and, and went to a 50,000-foot level and said, hang on a second. If, if these types of issues are important to you and you want to improve those issues, why in God's name would you turn them over to the government to fix? Because the government has this terrible track record of fixing problems. It, it actually creates problems, and then when it tries to fix the problems, it makes them worse. So, so I look at it from a, a standpoint of, um, should we turn problems over to the government to fix? Um, the answer is no. And what are people outside of government doing today to actually improve those four areas? So I, I offer it as a, a hopeful piece um, to say, um, let's fix our own problems um, and not ask the government to fix them. If we like limited government, then for goodness sakes, let's not give them problems to fix. Well, you know, and just an example, I was thinking about this. Uh, when I come into the studio early in the morning. One of the intersections I, I go through is Yosemite and Hamden. And well over a month ago, they started to put cones up and uh, they are digging something at that particular intersection and they no longer let you make a right turn. This is a major intersection in southeast Denver. You can no longer make a right turn at this major intersection. But Laura, they dug everything up a, a month ago and then to, from what I can tell, nothing has happened because the tractor is still in the same place. The piles of dirt are still in the same place. And so they have, uh, I think, created a congestion problem. They've made it inconvenient for people. And then you see the politicians and the pundits and the bureaucrats wring their hands about traffic congestion. And I'm like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you would uh, work 24-7 and strive for excellence. You could have that done within just a few days and uh, every, you wouldn't have as much congestion. So that is just my little story about government ruins nearly everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and when you look at, um, at private construction projects, um, for example, you often see, um, you know, let, let's say here in my area, I'm in Colorado Springs and they're building a new children's hospital. And, um, and there are completion bonuses that private companies put out for the construction company and say, it's going to be X bazillion dollars for these big construction projects, but we're actually going to give you an X percent bonus if you finish early. And guess what? Private industry with a profit incentive like that figures out how to get it done early. And um, and in the book, I talk about why government it really is just the wrong place to turn uh, to fix things, and it really has to do with the, the matter of incentives. And in the private market, uh, we have um, incentives to, to say, okay, let's, um, let's look for cost-effective ways to do things. Let's look for how to make consumers as happy as possible so they'll buy more of our product. But on the government side, the incentives say, let's spend all of the money we have in our budget so we can get more next year. And that's just the wrong incentive to really solve problems. And, you know, it's a bipartisan uh, situation where people that, that – you know, think that they are standing for freedom and limited government. It's so interesting. They get elected to office and somehow many of them forget that. <laughs> right, right. And, and I happen to be a registered Republican. I don't agree with everything that happens in the Republican Party, but it's the closest fit for me. Um, and I am 
very often uh, taking Republican elected officials to task, um, because I believe that regardless of what party you're in, it, it's, it's what you're doing and how you're representing the people that you serve. And let's be very clear, they are public servants. Uh, we are the ones in charge. They're not. And um, and so it's very important to, you know, I, I love how you say it's right versus wrong, not right versus left, um, because there could be something happening on the left that I agree with or something happening on the right that I don't agree with. So it's really important to really get some grounding in where you stand and where I stand and, and what I talk about in the book is, um, is that government isn't the right place to get things fixed. Um, government is rarely the solution. Um, when I say government ruins nearly everything, I actually thought of you, Kim, um, at, in the reason I chose the word nearly you were a great public servant. You knew who you worked for. Uh, you said things like, it's not our job to decide this. It's the free market's job to decide this. And um, so I actually leave room for people like you and, and State Senator Paul Lundin, who, who uses very similar language, understanding just um, who who you guys work for. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it's an honor that you would refer to me. <laughs> um, one thing, you mentioned that there might be people that uh, I agree with from time to time and you'd be surprised and one of those is Ocasio-Cortez you know when she took the stand against Amazon getting corporate welfare I had to agree with her I do not think that it is government's proper role to pick winners and losers. And if uh, tax breaks are good for the the big uh, corporation, of course, in this case, they they say that Amazon would have created this much in tax revenue and that they were going to get some back. Well, wouldn't that work for the little guy, too? If they're creating tax revenue, wouldn't it be nice if they got something back? So in essence, maybe taxes should be lower. And uh, so I know that we, her, you know, she was going at it from a totally different uh, take on things. But I do agree with her that I think corporate welfare, these economic development programs actually pick winners and losers. And they they put money in in, uh, big businesses' pockets. And the little guy is still paying full fare. Exactly. Colorado Springs is dealing with that right now with some incentives, $16 million incentives to bring Shields sporting goods to Colorado Springs. And I am pro Shields. I think they're a great, a great store. I shopped there when I was working in the, the Midwest for a little while. Great store. Co- come on to Colorado Springs and compete against everyone. Um, and we'd love to have you. But $16 million could fill the dang potholes that uh, Colorado Springs is uh, in the middle of trying to fill with a a special sales tax, and you bet they're going to try and renew it in 2020. Meanwhile, they could use that $16 million to fill potholes. It's it's bad priorities and bad incentives. Right, and it's bad government. So, hey, Laura Carno, we're just about out of time on this first segment. Let's go to break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing with the Independent Women's Forum, and then let's talk about the red flag bill, this legislation that's working its way through through Colorado. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. I'm talking with Laura Carno. We'll be right back. Hey, Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. You always have such great nuggets of wisdom, you know, and it's important to uh, prepare and failure to prepare. You prepare to fail. But one of the most interesting quotes that you recently came up with was one by Warren Buffett. That's right. Uh, All my nuggets of wisdom are not my own. In fact, most of them are learned from smarter people than me. (laughs) The great part about that is I have so many people to choose from. Isn't that great? That's right. That's right. But this one from Warren Buffett, he said it wasn't raining 
when Noah built the ark. And I think that one is really self-explanatory. You know, when it comes to investing, it's very tough to react without getting emotional when things start to go wrong. If you haven't kind of prepared your entire setup or portfolio for a rainy day in advance. So I think it's very smart uh, to diversify, and that means true diversification, uh, with some things that are very safe, some that may be a little bit more risky, uh, rather than just having a whole bunch of, of things that can all go down when the market goes down. Well, and one of the great things about it is is you can actually give people another set of eyes on a nest egg so that uh, you can make sure that you can, I mean, each individual is different. And so as they prepare for uh, their rainy day, they need to look at their individual needs and kind of their comfort level as well. Well, I think that's very true. And what I believe, Kim, is you, it's very hard to control your emotions. Uh, anything we can do to take away that stimulus that may create a negative emotion where you may make a bad decision, I think it's much easier to do that than to try to deal with that emotion when it comes up and make it go away because you can't. It's impossible. Well, that seems like that makes sense. So if people like more information with uh, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And uh, I know that uh, you can, would be happy to help people with that. You betcha. Just give us a call, 303-694-1600. Thanks, Kim. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's just have a conversation. Check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, events, and important things. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Would greatly appreciate it if you would like me and follow me. Offering you a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with me, Laura Carno. She is the author of Government Ruins Nearly Everything and has recently become a visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. Uh, Laura Carno, do you sleep? 
<laughs> that is a fabulous idea. Um, I would love to get lots of sleep, but it doesn't happen. Um, and, and I know you're just like this, Kim, where you look and you say, hey, that thing needs to be fixed. <laughs> I know. I'll do it. So I, um, I suffer from that, but um, I know that it's completely my choice to do things or not do things. And, um, and so no complaints here. I, I, um, as I said, I'm honored to work for the cause of freedom. You know, me too. And, you know, one of the other projects that I do, Laura Carno, is uh, my World War II project where I've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans. It precipitated from a trip that uh, we took uh, in 2016 with a group that took four D-Day vets to Normandy for the D-Day celebration. So every time I kind of start whining to myself just a little bit, I'm like, you know what? I can do this. Now, I know that you and I need to probably be a little more disciplined on having somebody else help us do stuff. (laughs) But on the other hand, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. The blood of the patriots goes through our veins. And it's our time. We have to step up. And I know that you do that. And I, I truly admire you for doing that. Yeah, and, and your your series um, on the World War II vets is just a, a, a beautiful series. That is, it's great to educate people, but I think you're also creating a great repository of these stories that um, you know these these men might not be around um, um, for the in next their 90s, ten or twenty yeah. years, right? Um, and I think that when you when you use that for your perspective, I look back at the Revolutionary War and I say they went to war with no shoes. True. Uh, you know, we can, we can suck it up and go to a committee hearing, for goodness yeah. sakes. It's not actually um, that much of an imposition. That's exactly right. So you're doing a lot of different things, but I'm very intrigued about this visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. They do so much uh, great work over there. So what are you doing with them? Yeah, and the Independent Women's Forum is a great organization of, uh, of women speakers and writers and bloggers and um, uh, you know, people who appear on radio and TV to talk about issues. I, I hate to say from a women's perspective because I think that um, all issues are women's issues, and, and when we speak to people as um, women um, interested in politics, we're speaking to all people, and women are just people, as you know, last I checked. Um, uh, but their uh, Independent Women's Forum has experts on so many different um, issues. Um, Hadley Heath Manning, um, who actually lives here in Colorado, is, um, is works for Independent Women's Forum. There is nobody nationwide who is better than Hadley on addressing um, medical plans and family leave plans and those sorts of things. So she is just brilliant. Um, they asked me in December to come on as a visiting fellow to talk about Second Amendment issues. Um, they just didn't have any with that expertise and knowing that Nancy Pelosi would uh, would be launching her package of, of gun control bills, they wanted to make sure that they had the expertise on on staff. So I actually had a recent blog at IWF.org about why Nancy Pelosi's gun control plans won't make us safer. And, you know, make, make no mistake, a, a government is exist to protect our rights that's it and um, when they chip away at our very fundamental right to decide how we are going to defend ourselves that's a big deal so uh, if folks want to check out that blog from last week iwf.org they can check that out there well and it's so in a way kind of diabolically fascinating to see all of these quote-unquote gun gun control bills which is is basically uh, 
affecting, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens. I just recently went down to renew my concealed carry permit, and they have all these questions, you know, I don't know, are you a robber, are you a terrorist, are you this, this? You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Well, the person that is that isn't going to be down there getting their new concealed carry permit. It's it's actually constricting the rights of law-abiding citizens to be able to protect themselves and keep and bear their firearms. Right, and I, I linked to a, a study uh, in the article that talks about it's a, basically interviews with criminals in prison that says, how did you get your gun? Um, 1.3%, that's it, of criminals uh, went through a traditional retail source to get their guns. They just don't do that. They buy them on the black market. They steal them, all kinds of things. And, you know, there's also significant problems with the uh, the National Instant Background Check System, or, or NICS, where you look at all of these mass killings that happen, and you say, how did this person legally buy their gun? Oh, NICS wasn't updated. Okay, well, that's a government system. Get your own stuff uh, clean. Um, that's what they should be focused on, the, the stuff that's actually leading to mass killings. Uh, going after people like you and me, Kim, who are law-abiding gun owners, that's, that is not the place to, um, to focus any laws. We are not the problem. So why is it, do you think, Laura, that like a Nancy Pelosi or, you know, the radical progressive activists that have taken over the state house here in, in uh, Colorado, and, and bear in mind, the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of uh, your parents or JFK. It is now radical progressive activists that want to control many aspects of your life. And in this, in this particular instance, it is your right to keep and bear firearms. Why do you think they focus on law-abiding citizens and they seem to give a free pass to the criminals, for example, the sanctuary city kind of stuff? Why is it that they're trying to do this to law-abiding citizens? Sure. So, so I think that the a core belief um, on that side, and, and this would be um, if you were looking at um, you know, Democrats are not not all the same type of person. They're not one monolithic group. Compare a Pueblo Democrat who is pro-gun to a Boulder Democrat, let's say, who wants to make sure that they control all aspects of people's lives. Um, but let's make sure that we're clear on that. So the the far left progressive wing um, that does want to control every aspect, they actually know. They know they know the things that that we're talking about. They know all the links um, in my article, for example. Um, they know that these types of uh, gun control laws are not going to make anybody safer, and that there will be further cries to do more. And you can look at um, Australia and see see what happens at the end of that sort of thing where um, people had to turn in their guns. If you are one of the few people licensed to have a gun uh, in your home for self-defense, you have to keep your gun and your ammunition stored separately, and um, law enforcement can knock on your door at any time and make sure they're stored correctly. Uh, you can't carry a pocket knife around with you um, for your self-defense. It, it's... The ordinary citizen has nothing. The state has all the power. So I think they know darn well what they're doing. Um, and 
believe that as crime continues to get worse after these laws, which happened after the 2013 gun control bills, um, that they are hoping for a cry for the government to do more um, so that they'll have more power. And, and that's just not okay. They, again, they, re- they report to us. They work for us. We are the ones that are in charge. Okay, so the founders thought it was really important that everyday citizens be able to uh, keep and bear uh, firearms, protect themselves. Why do you think that they realized it was so important? Yeah, you know, think about the history uh, of, of these brave souls who came here to this um, this raw, untamed land to to have a, a a fresh start and live the life that they wish to live. And it was, you know, 150 years or so of people being here, um, you know, from Europe that they had been they had been free. There were there were no taxes, there were no regulations unless they were very, very locally imposed. And, um, you know, when we get to that Revolutionary War era and the king said, thou shalt pay all these taxes, even though you don't have representation um, in England. And the colonists said, oh, no, 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 we, we don't believe we will be doing that, and fended <laughs> off um, the, the British army um, because every, every person nearly um, had a firearm and, and were able to defend what was theirs. So we're, we're a country that not only was founded on that history of, of um, firearms ownership, but it, it, it was really the self-reliance that that, that sort of um, policy um, came out of, you know, we can protect ourselves, we can feed ourselves, we can house ourselves, we can take care of our own, we don't need big government helping. And um, it's really a spirit that you see in the U.S. today. Well, and we just have a couple of minutes, but these mass shootings that we have seen, um, I don't think it's a gun issue. I think it's a society issue. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, think about what's happened in countries where um, you can't have a firearm. Um, we talked about Australia. People, bad guys got firearms anyway because there's this um, problem with uh, gun um, gun smuggling into an island, Australia. Um, to European countries where ordinary citizens can't have guns, where somebody might take a truck and run down people on a bridge. Uh, if if a bad guy, if a really evil, determined bad person can't get access to a firearm, uh, he he or she is going to just use something else. Look at the Oklahoma City bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, no no guns necessary. So it's not a gun problem. It's a um, uh, we we know that there are bad people out there, and all effort needs to be focused on those bad people. You keep hearing after these incidents, oh, we knew he was a bad guy. Really? Why didn't we go after him? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that would be the guy to go after uh, for sure instead of the everyday, hardworking Americans uh, who want to just protect their their family and make sure that they can thrive and prosper. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks talking with Laura Carno. She is the author of Government Ruins Nearly Everything, and she is a visiting fellow with the Independent Women's Forum. Speaking to Second Amendment issues. So, Laura, let's go to break. When we come back, there is some legislation that's working its way through Colorado. It's House Bill 191177. It's called the Red Flag Bill. And I'd love to have you break that down for us. You bet. Okay, we'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. 
Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson dissecting the issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's just have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. I'd love it if you'd like me and follow me and offering you a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with me, uh, Laura Carno. She is the author of Government Ruins Nearly Everything. She has uh, recently been named as a visiting fellow to the Independent Women's Forum to speak to Second Amendment issues. And we've got something happening right here in Colorado, uh, Laura, that's astounding. It's House Bill 191177. It's called the Red Flag Bill. Explain it to us. Yeah, so, and this is happening all across the country, by the way. We are, um, we are not unique, um, but we, we are the place where we can do something about this here in Colorado. So it's, uh, as you said, House Bill 1177, and it's working its way through the House right now. Um, there's no reason to think that it doesn't pass the House easily and then moves over to the Senate. Um, what we do want to remember about Senate Democrats is that some of them are actually pro-gun, and um, and so it's not completely certain what will happen in the Senate. So what this bill does is um, let me let me take a step back and say what happens today without this legislation. If if you as an ordinary citizen are concerned about um, somebody you live with who has a gun and is having let's say a mental crisis. And you can talk to your local law enforcement and say, hey, I'm really concerned about my husband, about my son, about my brother, my ex-girlfriend, whatever. You can right now go to law enforcement and say, I'm very concerned about this, that they're going to harm themselves or others. And what we have now is the ability for um, those who are uh, in law enforcement and who have schooling and education and experience and investigative types of sciences, they can look into it. And if they agree, they can, um, through current laws, uh, take that person into um, protective custody for 72 hours while some due process happens. So today, it's addressing the person in crisis um, or somebody who we think is going to harm other people or themselves. What happens in this new red flag legislation is that it completely skips that law enforcement investigative piece, and it allows that person who's concerned to go straight to a judge and in an ex parte fashion, and that means that the person being accused, so to speak, doesn't get to have his or her um, voice heard in court. And, and what that means is that um, law enforcement, based on this court order, would come knock on the door of the person being accused and say, we're here to get your guns. And um, you know, law enforcement who is in favor of this is saying, well, that's going to make everybody safer. 
Um, and I say, well, maybe not for the person whose guns you're, you're trying to confiscate mm-hmm. and not for the law enforcement members who are coming to confiscate them. So it, it takes away that due process, which is just not okay. And um, I think really sets law enforcement up for being um, even less safe when they go to address this situation. You know, and I was thinking about this, you know, in the old days, police officers were called peace officers, keeping the peace. And we've moved over to the term law enforcement. And the laws that we enforce need to adhere to the vision of the declaration that all men are created equal with these rights of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. But it also needs to adhere to the Constitution as well. So there are bad laws out there. And this is a bad law. And as, as you just mentioned this, going out and enforcing a bad law there could be very dire consequences to that. Right. Um, think about how somebody might misuse this. And this is why due process is so important, that you get to face your accuser and all of those sorts of provisions that protect, um, protect people, um, including the presumption that somebody is innocent until they're proven guilty. This actually presumes the person is guilty um, as as opposed to presuming that they're innocent. So think about how this could be misused. Um, Let's say that there is a breakup and um, somebody says, oh, I want to get back at my ex. Well, since you previously lived together, under this new legislation, you would be perfectly um, within the... the, um, the wording of this legislation, if not, definitely not the spirit, but you could go to a, a judge and say, hey, my ex has guns, go get him. You know, he or she is mentally unstable and I'm, I'm you know, fearful they're going to do something. Um, whether or not that's true, this person would be able to do that and somebody who might be completely law-abiding um, could have his or her gun rights taken away and, and their physical property taken away with, with no ability to um, defend themselves at that moment. And consider you know, a, a, a bad breakup where um, one person actually wishes harm on the other person. You know, call them in on a red flag to a judge, get get their guns taken away. Well, now they're disarmed. Oh, my. And, of that. and if you want, yeah, and if you want to harm them, now they're disarmed. Um, other states have done this. There um, have been uh, really bad consequences. There, um, there was somebody in Maryland killed um, by police when they went to, um, to take his gun. And um, like I said before, the current law addresses the the situation of the person. If they are in a mental crisis, it deals with the person, not the tool. And if somebody really is going to be a danger to somebody, um, we take a gun and we leave the person in in maybe an abusive situation and and they can run over their partner with a car or there's lots of knives in the house. They can choke them to death. I mean, you're, you're not actually dealing with the person. You're taking one tool as if you had said, I'll just take the the power drill out of the garage. It's, it's, it actually doesn't, um, help a situation where there really is a problem. So that really shows what this is really about. This is really about taking guns from law-abiding citizens because, as you just mentioned, if somebody was such a danger, you would remove the person, not the gun. Sure. Yeah, and there's some great articles uh, out there right now about this. Um, Complete Colorado has done some 
um, some original reporting, and they've posted a lot of different articles about the dangers of this. So if you if you went to completecolorado.com and just put in the search field red flag, you'd, you'd find some great stuff. Um, Dave Copel, who does a lot of Second Amendment work at the Independence Institute, he and Joseph Greenlee have a great line-by-line line of why it's bad. Um, Rick Turnquist has a, a blog called The Red Flag of Doom that, that points out some other problems with it. So really educate yourselves on it. This is really, really bad. You know, the other thing people should do is actually read the bill. Uh, I think that sometimes everyday people think, oh, it's daunting to, because it's a lot of legalese or whatever. But actually read the bill. And so how you can do that is just, uh, you can just Google Colorado Legislature, put in uh, HB 19-1177, and HB stands for House Bill 19 is the year, 1177. And the bill will come up, and make sure that you read that as well as, as plus the things uh, over at Complete Colorado. Just a question, and I don't, I'm, let's say that you are having the relatives over for Christmas, and your radical progressive activist relative comes for Christmas and doesn't like the fact that you have guns. Could they actually uh, make an accusation against you? I mean, they potentially could. Um, the, the, the bill, we'll see, it, it might get amended at every step. Um, but if, if somebody stayed with you long enough um, to say that they, they were a, a person who formerly lived there, I mean, they certainly could make that, that sort of a, um, a statement. And, you know, the judge still has to say, okay, but, um, you know, we've, we've got judges who don't necessarily support all of our rights to choose our own self-defense. And um, they, they certainly could make some determinations. So, uh, you know, gosh, Kim, regardless of what the topic is, if any, if any citizen is being treated like a criminal um, without the presumption of innocence, I really hope all of us, again, regardless of the topic, would say, hey, that's not actually right. That's not what the rule of law means, and, and we all should be treated equally under the law. Um, so it's, it's such a dangerous precedent um, in, in, on so many levels. So what do you re- recommend that people do? Yeah, and I agree with you. Read the bill, and there's actually even an easier way to get there because this is such a quote-unquote popular bill. If folks um, Google Colorado Legislature and click on Find a Bill, there's a little section that says Most Viewed Bills, and this one's in there. Um, So it's actually super easy to find along with the National Popular Vote Bill um, because so many people are looking at it. But definitely do that. Follow this bill. You can, um, on that same website, Mm -hmm. you can click on Calendars and find the bill. See where it is in um, in committees on the floor. Write your legislator. Tell them that you um, are absolutely opposed to this bill. Um, all Republicans in the legislature have been opposed to it so far. Um, so definitely let them know that you are grateful they're opposing it. And um, you know whatever committee it goes through next, all those things. Um, email the committee members. All their email addresses are very easy to find on that website. And then also the sponsors uh, certainly would recommend to email them as well. So on the House side, it's Tom Sullivan and Alec Garnett. On on the Senate side, Lois Court and Brittany Pedersen. Uh, And uh, possibly, possibly pressure could be that they might pull the bill if, in fact, enough people reached out, correct? Right. And um, don't underestimate the power of a phone call, uh, of an email 
to legislators, um, of course, we are polite when we do so. Yes. Um, but never underestimate that because when, when somebody gets, you know, 200, a, a legislator gets 200 on one side and 10,000 on the other side, that actually says something. Right. And the last time that the Democrats, uh, the radical progressive Democrats did this, a number of them got recalled. So, in fact, if you do reach out, uh, that, you, that may be in the back of their minds. Right. Yeah, I was involved in those 2013 recalls in southern Colorado, and it, it did have shockwaves throughout Colorado. Um, um, recalls are very difficult, but I, I hope they're a little bit of, afraid of that uh, if their constituents in, in those particular districts don't like what they're doing. Well, for sure. Hey, Laura Carno, we are out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, what's your website? Uh, gosh, all of them. You can go to lauracarno.com uh, is the main website and uh, springstaxpayers.com. We're keeping an eye on scoundrels in local government and fastercolorado.com is where we are um, training armed school staff. Those are the big three. Yep. She never sleeps. My, my friend, that's Laura Carno. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton said the Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.